What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody's well. Dude, the fights were insane. I got a second monitor, so I'm going to set that up today. So we'll see how that's going. <laughs> this stupid cop doesn't want to go away. And it only happens when I'm doing the podcast because usually when I'm all right, just hanging around the house, I'm fine. But for whatever reason, when I'm talking for a long period of time, it's when it acts up. Um, I didn't get the UFC 294 video out in time. I do apologize for that. I will do better. I will do a recap of it, even though we kind of recap the card here. If you can go over there and give me a follow and subscribe on YouTube, that's what I'm talking about. I would really appreciate that. Thanks, guys. Later. Peace. UFC 294 is in the books. Now, there are a few ways this can go. I'm going to say it outright. Islam is the best fighter in the world. I don't see Justin giving him any problems. The only way I see Justin beating him is if he lands something crazy on him. But I don't see that happening. I don't see Charles beating him because I honestly see the second fight between both of those guys. Going the way the first fight did is that Islam knocks him down, follows him to the ground, and chokes him. I believe Islam will end up going up to 170. And if Islam does this, I'll consider him better than Khabib. Because those right there, those are wrestlers that could give Islam a hard time. But before we get into that, let's go over the card. A lot of stuff happened on this card, man. Let's get into it. So Islam Mahashev defeats Alexander Volkanovsky round one head kick. Hamza Chimaev defeats Kamar Usman. Magomed Akilayev and Johnny Walker fight too. And no content. Ikram Alaskarov defeats Wally Alves. First of all, I need to apologize to that guy because I don't know how I was saying Alisekrov or whatever I was saying. It's Alaskarov. Said Magomedov defeats Muin. Gafarov, Mohamed Mokayev defeats Tim Elliott, Trevor Peak defeats Mohamed Yahai, Yahaya, Javed Basharad and Victor Henry fight to a no contest because of an accidental groin strike. Now this one's interesting, right? Because that was like the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, it was bad, bro. And it's funny. They get it, he get into it with Josh Barnett because this Javed guy, he goes, Javed Besserat to appeal the UFC 294 no contest accuses Victor Henry of quitting. Josh Barnett responds. Now, I don't know if I got rid of it, but Victor Henry straight out said, this is not Besserat's fault. He threw a legal strike and it just landed where it landed. Bessera believes he won the UFC 294 prelim bout by TKO and plans to appeal the no contest 
declared after Victor Henry was unable to continue. He announced on Instagram, I won by TKO today 100%. That's what I wrote. I tried to give the benefit of the doubt, but I know what I felt in there and watching it over a thousand times, there's no way that was low. I made a veteran quit. I am the boogeyman of the division. I will be appealing this ASAP. Bessera accused Henry of faking a low blow, which resulted in a no contest claiming his inside leg kick was legal. And Henry quit. That drew a fire response from Henry's coach, former UFC heavyweight champion, Josh Barnett. The exchange began on X when Barnett wrote, Henry had been transported to a local hospital after the fight and received an ultrasound on his groin. Now, this is Barnett's post or tweet. We're in the hospital right now to get an ultrasound and some exams. His balls are swollen to the like to like the size of a Sansuma. Satsuma. Lesser responded to Barnett and doubled down on his opinion that his kick was not a foul. Honestly, I respect you. You are a legend of the sport. But you, me, and Victor Henry know that he quit. There was no way any contact was made. I remember even when I threw the kick, it was a clean kick, but I gave him the benefit of the doubt. After rewatching it, it was clearly a legal blow. <laughs> like, this guy feels strongly about it. <laughs> it, go it goes on to say, Basarat also posted a picture and video of the strike that led to a no contest. In one of the angles, his foot was mostly obscured by Henry's left thigh. But in another image, it appeared to show his foot hitting the upper part of the thigh. Barnett advised Bessaret to rewatch the footage and added the images weren't the only evidence of growing contact. And this will be the last part I read. Wow, just wow, go rewatch it. Go listen to the sound of your foot blasting his cup. You hit it from underneath and it railroaded his cup into his groin. No way, eh. Then maybe you should. Give his swollen testicles a nice look and then go to the doctor who did the ultrasound. How I would imagine this is how to do their job or something like that. Let's see how wrong they are. By the way, you blow, low blood him three times in the fight. Work on your accuracy. Okay. That'll be the last of that that I read because I'm going to go on to say this. That dude got hit hard. Because you don't react like that if you don't get hit right there. I mean, he the leg kick could have hurt, but that had to hurt. Like, that poor dude couldn't breathe. And then they said on the broadcast that he was vomiting backstage. So, I do believe it, it did hit him. It was, as they say, a nut shot. I believe Josh Barnett in this scenario. And the article goes on to say they don't know how Bashara would appeal it. The UFC was the regulator of the event. Like, there was no governing body in Abu Dhabi that regulated the event. The UFC was the governing body. So, I don't know how that's going to work for him. We shall see. But that doctor that was working that night telling the dude, you weren't hitting the groin. The guy was like, yes, I was. It was all balls. And I believe his exact words were, it was all balls and all dick. I apologize for the grotesque language, but that's what he said. I was like, dude. And that wasn't the only time that doctor showed up. We'll get into that a little later. That was funny, man. It wasn't funny that that happened to him, right? But, and then 
was it this girl, Victoria Dadukova girl that, that was bragging that she had staph infection? Victoria Dadukova fought at UFC 294 with a hidden staph infection. My butt is completely bloodied up right now. Okay, I don't want to get into this, bro. But if you're going to tell me that that was like some sort of dig at Paolo, like, stop. Because if you're going to hide stuff from the UFC and you go in there and you fight, like, she probably needed the money. That's why she did it, which I understand that Paulo's probably in a better position than she is because I know he just re-signed a new contract. <coughs> it's probably a fat contract, too. So we shall see what happens, man. But, like, th these guys, again, her and Paulo's situation are probably very different. But don't be saying that, man. If you fought with that, keep it to yourself. Maybe she was telling them because her performance wasn't going that well. I didn't see that fight. But don't be bragging about that, please. Because even Dana come in, like, she's like, dude, if you're going to have that, like, either keep it to yourself. Like, to me, Paulo did the right thing. Again, her and Paulo are probably in very different positions, right? Because Paulo's one of the biggest stars in the UFC. Nobody tell me otherwise because I'm going to tell them they're wrong. Because that guy is awesome. That guy is awesome. Paulo's awesome, okay? So don't give me that that he's not awesome. Paulo's one of my favorite fighters. I know I shouldn't be saying this, but Paulo Costa is one of my favorite fighters to ever walk planet Earth. One, he's a good fighter. I don't care that you guys are going to tell me. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He would beat any one of your asses, okay? And then two, he's a funny guy. Can you get under people's skin? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. But, but that doesn't change the fact that that guy's awesome. <laughs> Let's continue. So moral of this story is don't hide a staph infection and then brag about it, please. Okay, now we're going to talk about the second appearance of this doctor. Johnny Walker explains his side of confusing UFC 294 stoppage. I was losing my mind. Hold on, I jumped the gun. We're not going to talk about that just yet. Mohamed Mokayev, that guy, he's the future, man. I cannot wait. I cannot believe, apparently he was down two rounds going into the third by two judges. I'm going to check that out right now. But I didn't know that, but I'm going to go confirm it right now. So let me pull up the UFC rankings, and we'll confirm it together right now. That guy's number 10. You know who he should fight next? And people are going to be pissed that I'm... He should fight Manal Cop or Cape, however you say his name. I think it's Cop. Manal Cop. That's a, that's a good fight right there. Although I think Manal Cop is going to end up fighting Kaikara France. Then you know what you should do? You should do Mohamed Mokaya versus either Matt Snell or Alex Perez or even Amir Albazi. Because I don't even know if Davison Figueredo is still fighting at flyweight. But hold on. Let me go see this uh, about. So what I'm doing right now is I'm 
looking for the Mokaya fights. Look at the scorecards. If you want to see for yourself, just type in on Google UFC 294 scorecards. And then it should give you a link to MMA Junkie. And they usually have them. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So Derek Cleary had Tim Elliott winning the first round and, and he gave the second round to Mokaya. David Letheby gave the two rounds to Tim Elliott and Darrell Ransom also gave the first two rounds to Tim Elliott. So if Mokayev doesn't finish him with the choke like he did because he finished him with a choke, right? Yeah, if he didn't finish him with a triangle, he would have lost the fight. Crazy. That's crazy, man. Excuse me. Sorry about that. That is nuts because I didn't think Mokai was losing the two rounds. I think I gave one round to Elliot. I think me and Derek Cleary had the same scorecard. And then you go Saeed Nurmagomedov. That guy's the truth, man. Let me see. He should be ranked. He, he is. He's number 15. Give him Ricky Simone. Him and Ricky would be a good fight, I think. Yeah, him and Ricky would be a good fight. That'd be a crazy fight. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. That guy's awesome. The only thing that bothers me is that Umar is in that same division. I know those guys won't fight each other because even though I believe Saeed Nurmagomedov is with Mark Henry, I know they won't fight each other because that's just what they, they do. They don't fight each other because they're all friends. And Saeed Nurmagomedov actually has a loss to Jonathan Martinez, who's number 11. I think he'd just be Adrian Yanez. So haven't fight Ricky Simone, in my opinion, you know. That'd be a good fight. You guys don't think so? That'd be a great fight. So we'll see what happens, man. But that should be a good fight. Let's move on. Ikram Alaskara versus Wally Alves. This guy is my new favorite fighter, bro. Like... <laughs> I already want to see him fight a top 10 guy now, but I don't know if they're going to be able to do it because look how hard it was for them to do it with Hamza. Of course, Hamza getting COVID didn't help him. And for people that don't know, excuse me, Aliskerov is 15 and 1. His one loss comes to some guy named Hamza Chimaev, who also fought on Saturday against Kamar Usman. But this guy is awesome, bro. So I just I just keep an eye out eye out for Ikram Aliskerov. I like that guy a lot. Okay, Magomed Akilai versus Johnny Walker. It ends in a no contest because of an illegal knee. Now, I have certain things to say. One, I believe it's very similar to the Peter Jan Aljo um situation where Akilai intended to throw that knee. I don't know if he knew it was an illegal knee because, again, I don't know if these fighters know the rules because look at Valentina Shevchenko. I will maintain the stance that if she doesn't sit there and complain about those knees against Alexa Grasso, we'd be sitting here. Her, We would be sitting here. That's not what I want to say because the judges gave her, for the most part, the judges gave her that round. People wouldn't be complaining, well, you could argue this, 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 and this. Yeah, you can argue that. Like, if she's not sitting there and complaining about those knees, because they were 100% legal, people won't say, oh, well, 
they weren't as damaging. Because if you look at those news, they're not damaging. She's complaining because it's illegal. But if she knows that they're 100% legal, she's not reacting that way. I will tell you that much. I know that for a fact. So going back to Magomed Akilaev and Johnny Walker, Magomed intended to throw that knee. Again, I don't know if he knows that it's illegal. I don't know that he knows that. What I want to say is they say that the ref should have disqualified him. Again, he threw it with intention to hit him on the jaw. But does this fighter know? Like the ref, I didn't hear the ref warn him. He's down, he's down, don't need him. And because it wasn't that severe, like that's why they didn't call it a DQ. Like if Magomed would have thrown a knee like Peter did, that would have like floored Johnny. Because Johnny could have continued fighting. But because this doctor goes, do you know where you are? Johnny says, the dead. Okay, we're going to read uh, an article. Because from what I understand, Johnny said the desert. So we're going to read it. Johnny Walker explains his side of the confusing UFC 294 stoppage. I was losing my mind. Johnny Walker still has no idea why his fight with Magomed Akilaev was stopped. The light heavyweight contender barely got going this past Saturday at UFC 294 before their fight was paused after Akilaev landed an illegal lead to the grounded Walker and then stopped altogether after a ringside physician determined that Walker was unfit to continue. Officially, the bout ended at, in a no contest. An enraged and bewildered Walker had to be held back by various officials as he stomped around the cage. Though there was some pushing and shoving, the situation eventually de-escalated with Walker Nakulayev leaving the arena unsatisfied. Walker appeared on the MMA Hour on Monday to give his take on how the doctor handled the situation. He asked me if I wanted to continue fighting. Walker said, I said yes. He said, where are you? I didn't want to say the wrong answer because I was excited when he was doing the test and I wanted to say the right answer. I thought to say Abu Dhabi and then I said, fine, I'm in the desert. I'm in the fucking desert. I'm here. I'm good. I'm in the desert. I'm in the Middle East. I can speak good English, Walker continued. The doctor wasn't in his native language and I had a heavy accent as well. I understand what he said. I tried to explain to him and give him the right answer to him. But in the middle of the situation, maybe I fight for the title shot and everything. My mind is going 8,000 miles per hour. I received a shot to my face and I was like, okay to fight. And I was okay to fight. My last fight against Anthony Smith, he said, I attacked his family. I had no idea what he was talking about. You attacked my family. What? I didn't understand. It's the same situation. It's very complicated because you go a thousand miles per hour. You're fighting for your life and your career. Hopefully you get a title shot after and everything it's over. It's very disappointing. Now, I'm pretty sure if Johnny would have said, I may not be <laughs> like, let's take Johnny at his word. If he tells him, I'm in the Middle East, I'm in Abu Dhabi. Like he didn't even say Abu Dhabi because he's like, I thought twice about that um, answer. If he would have just said, I'm in Abu Dhabi, I'm pretty sure the fight would have continued. Again, I don't know if the doctor could understand him. I don't I blame the doctor on this one because Johnny looked like he was fine. Because during the broadcast, they said that Johnny wouldn't answer. So I don't know. I can't tell you guys for sure. But if it's that the doctor couldn't understand him because of his Brazilian accent. Well, I don't know, man. I feel like Johnny was robbed. 
and Mago Man too because his last fight ended in a draw and he was frustrated. So I don't know, man. That that sucks for both of them, honestly. But I believe the UFC should get better experienced doctors because if they have to make split decisions like this, this is a guy. This is coming from a guy that told the other dude that he wasn't kicked in the balls. Okay, he's like, you weren't kicked in the balls. I'm like, are you sure? Like the way that guy's acting is. He was kicked in the balls. And that's another thing. They were saying, if this is an act, this guy deserves an Oscar. Because I'm believing him right now. There's a hot take for you to look. Okay. So they're going to run. They need to run this fight back. Whether it's early next year or if they can do it in December. I don't know. I don't think December is a viable choice because I believe that card's already filled out. Hamza Chimaya versus Kamar Usman. I mean, first of all, let's look at the scorecards. There should be 10-8 all over the place right here, man. Yeah, all the judges gave Hamza Chimaya a 10-8 round in, in the first round, which, which I agree with. One judge gave Kamar Usman the second and the third round. That was the draw. One judge gave Hamza the second round, and then one judge gave Hamza the third round. I believe the right person won. I didn't think it was a draw, but I will say this. If this was a five-round fight, Kamar Usman wins this fight. You could see that Hamza was slowing down. It later came out that Hamza, he thinks he broke his hand. I don't know what, but he thought he broke his hand. Now, here's the interesting thing. Now you kind of have this tug of war because Dana said the winner of Kamar Usman and Hamza Chimaya will get the next title shot. They're going to stick to that plan. But look at what you have here, bro. At number one, you have Israel. At number two, you have Drikis. At number three, you have Robert. At number four, you have Jared, who, who's going to be out for a while because he was supposed to fight Hamza, but he tore his MCL. And you have Marvin, and then you have Paulo, and then you have Roman Dulice, and then you have Jack Hermanson, and then you have Hamza Chimaev. Is he still ranked at welterweight? No, he's not. They took him out to put him in middleweight because Bula is now number two at welterweight. Colby's number three. Kamar Usman's number one. Okay. And Shavkat Gilbert is number four, and Shavkat's number five. Cool. Okay. So Hamza's number nine. I'm telling you, they can do, they can rebook the Paulo and Hamza rematch. They can try to match those guys up again, not rematch, match them up again. I'm telling you, the fight for Israel is Drikis Duplices. <laughs> and if he didn't tear his MCL, I would tell them to book Sean Strickland versus Jared Cannonier. This is where all of this gets interesting. This is a report from Mark Romandi, but this is from Bro Bible. Sean Strickland turned down five versus Hamza Chimaev on short notice at UFC 294, according to reports. We're beginning to learn more about the scramble to get a replacement for Paulo Costa at UFC 294. 11 days before UFC 294, Kamal Usman shocked the MMA world when he took a short notice fight against Hamza Chimaev, but apparently he wasn't the first choice for the fight, the UFC's first choice. According to a report by ESPN's Mark Ramondi, UFC middleweight champ Sean Strickland was offered a fight in Abu Dhabi and turned it down because it was right after he had been in Israel Adesanya in Australia. 
And then it goes on to say Strickland had been critical of Usman Shemaya matchup and says Usman is taking a lopsided fight for a paycheck. Then he said, hey, Usman, here's a couple million. They said, hey, Usman, here's a couple million. You want this fight? We'll give it to you. And then he said, I can't say no. I'm going to do it. <laughs> you have Chimaev. <laughs> you have Chimaev who is bulking up for middle way. And then you have Usman who is like, I'm going to take this fight for a paycheck. I mean, this is kind of bullshit. Kind of a bullshit fight. And they just needed a fail. You see, I got Chimaev. Okay. My question to you is, I've never, ever, ever heard of them asking champion to take a short notice fight. What I have seen them do is scrap one fight completely and insert a new title fight. But that would be short notice for the champion and the challenger, right? Or they might have been training and the fight just got moved to a sooner or later date. But I've never seen them do this. If this is true... It's only because they don't want Sean Strickland as champion because of the outrageous things he says. And good on Sean for not taking Like, he's the champion. He should be like, well, they should be wanting to fight me. I, if anybody needs to take a short notice fight, it's against me. I don't need to take a short notice fight against anybody because I'm the champion, which to me, that's the right mindset to have. But the buildup to this fight is going to be nuts. Listen to this already. John Strickland, Hamza Chimaev doesn't fucking deserve a middleweight title shot. And it goes on to say, well, it looks like Sean Strickland is ready for a matchup with Hamza. He didn't hold back and he, we wouldn't expect him to. Uh, <laughs> as one might expect, Sean Strickland is quite outspoken on the subject of the UFC middleweight division's new number one contender. Hamza Chimaev made his 185-pound debut at UFC 294. That is not true. Whoever wrote that, please do your research. Where he defeated ex-welterweight champion King Kamar Usman in Saturday's co-main event at the Etihad Arena in Abu Dhabi. Even though he, ha he hasn't beaten anyone in the middleweight rankings, the victory was presumably enough to assure Shemaya a title shot. At least that's what UFC CEO President Dana White promised ahead of the fight. In an interview with UFC Fight Pass Extra Round Show, Strickland questions Shemaev's credentials as number one contender in his new weight class, of course. That doesn't mean Strickland will try and deny Shemaev the opportunity. The only thing I like about Shemaev is that he sells fights, Strickland said. For some reason, people fucking like him or don't like him. I don't know. To me, he's a fucking paycheck. He sells a lot of fights. People pay to watch. But he fucking hasn't earned it. He doesn't fucking deserve it. But here we are. Give it to him. He sells a lot of fights. I'll go fight the fucking man for five rounds. But no, he has not earned it. He doesn't fucking deserve it. Getting a decision with a welterweight off the couch is not fucking earning it. Strickland claimed the throne with a shocking upset victory against Israel Adesanya at UFC 293 before Strickland stepped in against the last style bender. Drickus Duplices was supposed to be the next in line to receive a title shot. However, the South African contender wasn't healthy enough to face Adesanya at UFC 293 after defeating Robert Whitaker in July. And then remember how I said that Chimaev says he might have broken his hand in the opening round against Usman. But here we go, man. Here we go. And a lot of people are picking Chimaev, but I will say this. This is what I'll say. It's a five-round fight, correct? 
is presumably going to be a five-round fight. If Sean Strickland, he might lose the first two rounds, but that's not where the money with this guy lies. If he can stay in there, not get smoked within the first 10 minutes and keep his own, like he can lose the first two rounds, but then the third round comes, he wins. Then the fourth round comes, he wins, and he can win a decision by winning the third, the fourth, and the fifth round. Because this guy has good wrestling, and he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I don't know under who, but I like Strickland in the fight with Hamza, especially after the striking I saw. Now, I don't know. He might have broke his hand. And that shows you. That could explain why his striking was kind of off, like in the second or third when him and Kamaru were going at it towards the end of the fight. Kamaru was getting the better exchanges of those striking exchanges. But I like Strickland's chances. And Hamza has <laughs> replied to Sean Strickland, which I'll read right now. Hamza Chamayo has warned Sean Strickland that he's next, reminding the UFC middleweight champion not to worry. You know how fast I can finish you. And they post on X on October 23rd. Sean Strickland, you are next. Don't worry. You know how fast I can finish you. I mean, I guess he's alluding to the fact that they train together and all that stuff. So it should be interesting, man. People are saying they might headline UFC 300. Bro, I'm in. I mean, if anything, the buildup is going to be better than this fight. I'll tell you that much. Because both of these guys are out of their minds. And then last but not least, Islam Mahashev versus Alexander Volkanovsky. Like, you can't deny Islam anymore. You can't deny him. This guy's the man. Now, I know a lot of people are mad that they're saying Islam should be number one pound for pound. Listen to me, man. As long as John Jones is active, nobody's outranking that guy in pound for pound. John Jones has been the best fighter for almost the past 15 years. It just, you guys don't remember because anything any, anybody remembers from that guy is the craziness that is his life and the amount of times he got suspended. But if none of that happens, we would all be talking about John Jones' greatness and this wouldn't even be a conversation. Okay. I want to make that very clear. How can you tell me Islam would be ranked over a guy that says, I used to get blasted drunk throughout the week before my fight to have a built-in excuse to why I lost the fight and still hasn't lost the fight. Now, what a lot of people hang on to when it comes to John Jones is the fact that they believe Tiago Santos and Dominic Gray should have got their hand raised, but they didn't. So here we are. So what's next for Islam? I'm hearing it's going to be Justin Gaethje. Um, that fight doesn't excite me at all because Justin, like, I believe Justin's only chance is to clock Islam because if it, he starts getting the better of Islam on the field, Islam is going to take him down and control him on the ground and possibly finish him. Islam could also finish him on the feet as well, but we shall see, man. For Volk, I don't want to see him come back in January, especially after getting head kicked the way he did. I would like to see him take some time off, maybe come back April, May, and fight Ilya or the winner of Ilya and Max Holloway if they're really going to do the interim fight in January. But yeah, man, there's no way you're going to tell me that Islam deserves to be over John Jones. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, punch them out official on Instagram, official underscore PATM on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later.